Emotional manipulation, a type of social influence that aims to change the behavior of another person. Sometimes it's indirect, sometimes it's deceptive, but it's rarely ever seen as a good thing. Come sit with us here at Cafe Discourse, where nothing on the menu is sacred. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm always right, also known as Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Good times here at the cafe. Indeed. So manipulation. I I mean, like, I really didn't want to talk about this and you just kind of forced me into it. So I really feel like you're the expert here and you should go ahead and take the lead, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> this was always something you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. I mean, if yeah. you put it that way. I mean, the way you were looking at me definitely suggested it. And you know so much about the topic, don't you? Oh, do I? I mean, you've gone to college and studied psychology and all. I had that one prereq course I had to take, where I sat in the front row doing a Rubik's Cube the entire class. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, we didn't manipulate each other, I promise. We definitely considered this topic with great depth, dear listeners. I do hope so. Yep. So let's uh, let's dive in. Manipulation, it's a big topic. Obviously, we want to kind of narrow that down. You specifically mentioned emotional manipulation. Obviously, that's going to involve interpersonal relationships. So what is it? How would you define manipulation and what does manipulation mean? I think it can be different for a lot of people. I mean, as I stated in the introduction, it's usually considered a negative thing when you're manipulating someone. You are working to change the way they think about something or the way they behave for some reason, for some goal, be it personal or for that person's benefit. I personally view manipulation as more of a neutral thing. It's not good in and of itself, and it's not bad. It's neutral. There's ways it can be used to achieve good things. There are plenty of ways it's used to achieve bad things. So would you say that manipulation and influence are equal in, in interpretation in your mind and that the negative connotation of manipulation is just a social construct? I mean, that kind of question, I always think of other people and how they translate words in their head too. Because I compared this to per- the word persuasion, like doing persuasive okay. writing. I consider that different than manipulative, being manipulative. I feel like manipulation is done without the other person knowing what's going on, while when you're trying to persuade someone, they at least had an idea that you were going to try to get them to do something, or in the case of sales, try to buy something, or if they're reading an essay, think about something. I'd say even this podcast, to some extent, is about persuading people to think about things and consider points of view they haven't before. So, I mean, are we manipulating people? I think we're persuading them to consider different topics. I wouldn't say we're manipulating right now. But I could, if someone considered this manipulation, I wouldn't be upset if they did. Okay. Um, so, like, my first note on manipulation uh, is about intentional versus unintentional manipulation. Like, where 
for example, children will manipulate adults to get what they want, whether they're intending to or not. Their goal is to achieve something and to get a desired result from someone else. Um, Or just even like my own desire to not get off the couch will result in me using manipulation to get my husband to to bring me a cup of coffee or socks or something when I don't want to move. But um, that's not always intentional. I'm not always thinking about it. I'm just thinking I want to preserve my level of comfort right now. And there's someone who cares enough about me to help me preserve my comfort. I'll ask them to do this thing for me or something like that. And so I wouldn't say that all the you know, requests I make of another person are above bar as far as whether or not they're manipulation. But I wouldn't say that every example of manipulation I can think of in my own life and my own personal relationships is intentional. Like there's a lot of unintentional manipulation I put out there into the world that I benefit from. And, you know, is that a bad thing? socially people would say yes in the in the greater scheme of things but is it actually a bad thing is it an understanding within our relationship that I'm going to ask for things just because it's a comfort etc so kind of digging into that do you have any thoughts specifically on like what the intentionality of manipulation and is and how that plays into an understanding of whether or not manipulation is acceptable in a relationship. I feel like you had so many ideas in there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of want to rewind through some of it because you started off at like unintentional versus intentional manipulation. Of course, defining manipulation here for me as getting an action out of somebody without them having entered into an understanding that you were going to try to persuade them. So going back to like a parent-child relationship, I work retail, and I used to work retail at a candy store. And let me tell you about children and their parents. You want to talk about manipulation. (laughs) Kristen, you ain't seen manipulation until you're in a candy store and you've got a six-year-old crying to their mom, I need this candy, mama, I need this. And you're like, somebody... Somebody shut this kid up. I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to throw them in the fountain out front because I can't do this for much longer. (laughs) But yeah. But did you ever have a child throw their parents' debit card at you because their parents said they had to get a small blended drink instead of a medium? (laughs) Because this is a story from my life experience of working retail. Hey, man, I have had kids reach into their parents' purses and pull out money and hand it to me and be like oh it's okay buy whatever and the parent doesn't even flinch and I'm like did you not see your child just take out your wallet because like man you are much more chill a parent than I'll ever be (laughs) I ain't a parent (laughs) but if I were (laughs) Billy what's your hand doing up in my purse Billy is not a real person (laughs) Billy is again fictional kid name I just come up with so just like you know Billy is my but yeah, daughter I feel, no <laughs> <laughs> I mean I watch these kids or I have seen children use manipulation on their parents in good and bad ways I think society frowns on a parent not having complete control over their child at all times and the idea that a child is manipulating a parent or even persuading a parent to do something is very much frowned upon I wouldn't say it's a bad thing 
if a kid can make their case in a candy store as to why they should have a lollipop and their parent gives it to them. What I think is the problem is the manipulation part where they're crying in the store or embarrassing their parent and they know their parent doesn't want their kid making noise so they'll buy them the lollipop just to shut them up and avoid embarrassment. That's emotional manipulation on a grand scale done by a child and I don't think that's unintentional. I think that's very intentional. The kid has learned that's how I get what I want from this adult. Because you take that same child and put them in a classroom and they don't do that with their teacher. Mm, when I worked yeah. preschool, I had one little kid and I wonder can I can I use his first name? We we'll call him Billy. Yeah, but Billy's the kid now at the candy store. I feel like I need another <laughs> name for this kid. This is Willie. <laughs> Willie? Yeah, we'll call him Willie. William. Ooh, William. That's fun, because Billy, William. Okay, anyway, so William in my class was very good, did what I told him to do, knew he would get a timeout if he didn't listen, or he wouldn't be allowed to pick his fun time activity if he didn't listen. But the moment his mom came to pick him up, he became completely uncontrollable. And I knew that the parent had no discipline or anything for that child at home. She allowed him to just walk all over her. And it's like, in my class, your kid doesn't act like this. What are you doing, parent, that your kid thinks they can treat you like this? And you have, I mean, this is a, a horrible relationship to be in with your kid. I mean, what are you to your child at that point? You're not someone they respect, so you're not a friend. You're not someone they listen to. You're not a parent. You're just you're just the thing that gives them what they want. If they do the right action, they'll get what they want. If I cry, I get candy. If I throw a fit, my mom will take me to McDonald's after school. This kid had learned just how to work his mother like a thing you work. <laughs> Which, I mean, would also point that this is a natural human behavior, that this is something that children learn at a very young age, even in a concrete thinking mind that hasn't like developed the full nuance of understanding of human behavior, there is still the ability to understand action reaction from another person outside of like emotional intelligence just saying I do this I get this this is how this relationship works and within that I feel like that kind of you know obviously we're focusing a lot on this child parent thing and I don't want this to get into parenting styles Um, I want to stay on topic with the manipulation so bringing it into like an interpersonal relationship between friends I wrote down as a note this kind of idea of honestly presented needs versus dramatic overstatement of needs in order to acquire a result from someone else. So like if I say I need this from you or I need this thing that you can provide, etc. If I'm saying that in the integrity of a relationship, I can be saying it as an honest presentation of needs or an overstatement of my needs. But either way, the person I'm in relationship with is going to have to reply to that as either I'm giving you your need or I'm denying your need. And that puts someone in a position to feel very manipulated, even if it's an honest need that the person is presenting. Like, it's not, I want candy. It's like, my back hurts and I don't want to get off the couch or whatever. Yeah. 
in this regard, I would hope that that would fall with persuasion for some. But yeah, when you have an honest need and you turn to someone else and you need them to fulfill it, um, I'm going to take it away from being physical things like my back hurts, I need something, more into an emotional need. And I do have a child story that this fits and it would be great. And I know we just said we were done with children, but can we go back to children for like one second? (laughs) So like, again, back at preschool. Sure. This is not William anymore. We are talking about uh, Greg. (laughs) These are the worst children names ever. Okay, so I had a student named Greg who was a sweetheart who also understood fully emotional manipulation. I don't know how, because he was only five. But like, if I were having a hard day or just stressed out, he would actually come over, put his little hand on my leg and be like, teacher, are you okay? Do you need a hug? He knew how to make me feel better. And he used a lot of little manipulative tactics. Like he'd bring me little flowers. They were always weeds. I don't think he could tell the difference, but that's not the point. He'd bring me a weed and be like, this is for you to make you feel better. It's not like he's trying to persuade me because I didn't know that's what you're doing when you just surprise flower. It was really, I'm trying to make you happy again. He's trying to manipulate my emotions to put me in a better mood because he liked me. That, I mean, there really wasn't anything else to it. I think. Yes, but that's, that's how we're supposed to treat the people we love, right? Yeah. So when you're making an honest assessment, I need something from someone such as, you know, like right now, a lot of people need love and affection, even physical affection. I need a hug right now. And you go into somebody with your big eyes and you bat your eyes. Can I have a hug? I mean, you don't just go in a room. I demand you hug me right now. Hug me. Like, that would be very weird. I mean, that's how I interact with my husband. But, you know, (laughs) no one ever said we weren't weird. Well, yeah. But I mean, usually, give me a hug. (laughs) Another. You throw a pan. Where's my hug? (laughs) (laughs) Flip a table. Someone better hug me right now. (laughs) That would be a form of manipulation, (laughs) asking for a hug that way by throwing a big old fit. But usually, you know, we extend our arms out and we're really pleasant. We're like, can I have a hug? I mean, it is a request, but it's not like you're just asking it. You know, you're, you're putting more effort into it than just saying, can I have a hug? Your arms are out, you're smiling, you're trying to be as sweet as possible. You're trying to make that person desire that hug as much as you do. Nothing's worse than just getting an obligatory hug from someone. You're displaying it in hopes they will respond to the presentation instead of you having to make a request directly. Now, is that is that a healthy manipulation? Because, like, when you... When you talked about healthy manipulation as we were preparing for this, you had mentioned trying to convince people to try new things and explore and grow as people, or even in that case, like meeting an emotional need, like from Greg's perspective of you need to feel better, I'm going to bring you things to make that happen. So with with Greg, where he sees, oh, you have a need, I'm going to try to make you feel better by giving you things. Or by presenting you with, you know, feel better, like lovey-dovey, eyes, actions, that kind of thing. Giving gifts, whatever it may be. Like, oh, you obviously don't feel okay. I need to make you feel better. Or, hey, I need to make you 
try new things like you should oh do you do you like raw fish no like how do you know have you ever tried it no you haven't all right well we're gonna go get sushi tonight like yeah is that healthy is there is there a place for it where that is not only i mean accepted and expected but also healthy and positive yeah i think so and this is why i say manipulation is neutral Everybody uses manipulation in relationships. Every single person alive, period. We all do it. You do it, dear listeners. We do it. I mean, this is how we get what we need out of life. We got to work with it. And yeah, the emotional angle is one we're going to take. When we love other people, we honestly believe when we are manipulating them that we are trying to lead them into things that are better for them. And if we have a good relationship with that friend... If they do pick up on the fact you're manipulating them, they know you're doing it in their best interest. I mean, assuming that the relationship is strong enough for that, because there is also the potential for, like, you to think that I'm manipulating you into going to get sushi that has cream cheese in it because this is what I want, and I know you don't like cream cheese, but I want sushi. You know, so, like... There is also the possibility for undermining the integrity of a relationship in that kind of manipulation where it's like, yeah, like I want what's best for you, but also I want to get something out of it. And there's the room for that kind of suspicion in an unstable relationship to come out and be like, "Mm, I don't think you're doing this for my good. I think you're doing this for your comfort. That gave me an idea. I feel like to some extent, and this is Christina's helpful relationship advice. If you really want to know how much someone cares about you, evaluate the way they manipulate you. People who love you are going to manipulate you in a way where you feel safe and comfortable and you acknowledge, yeah, I usually end up getting good things out of listening to their very persuasive emotional tactics versus I usually feel threatened and taken advantage of after they have persuaded me to do something. I know I used manipulation and persuasion and I said they're two separate things. But yeah, I think most of the times we can pick up when someone's trying to (laughs) manipulate us, even if we didn't go into the transaction knowing that. But if you are in a relationship in which you feel safe and someone has convinced you, whether directly or indirectly, to do things that have enriched your life, made it better, or strengthened your relationship, that's good. If you're with somebody be it a friend, a parent, a lover, whatever, who often gets you into situations where you are uncomfortable, you wish you weren't there, and you feel like it detracts from your relationship or your personal growth, that's bad manipulation. And that's probably a bad person to continue to be with. That has been Relationship Advice with Christina. (laughs) You know, I just think that's a good point. I mean, I don't view, like I said, manipulation as bad. But yeah, to look at the way someone manipulates somebody else, I feel like that's really interesting, a perspective. Within that, like, you also have, and I know that we want to save the actual topic of of entertainment um, and performance for another time, but the social agreement to be entertained by someone is, like, by a performance or a show or a movie... Like, that is a a positive, usually, 
experience where you're going into it saying like, hey, I am accepting that your actions are going to affect me emotionally and I'm letting you do it. I'm going to be devastated by the death of this character and cry for hours. Or I'm going to be uh, elated and entertained and delighted by this experience of watching you do this thing or this thing, whatever it ends up being. And like there are performative elements in interpersonal relationships where there is a, a, a moment of like acknowledgement of being entertained where like even even if it's just bringing you a cute little flower like Greg did, like the goal here is for you to feel better because of the action of someone else, whether it's entertainment or like an, an actual like emotional investment, etc. And like, yeah, absolutely. There are manipulative elements to that and there I have a really hard time with entertainment that I feel like manipulates me into caring about people um but there is a certain threshold where I can enjoy entertainment or feel manipulated by it and I get very very frustrated with any kind of entertainment that I feel like that I feel like crosses that line into you have to care about this character um where I don't have like a natural tendency to care about them. Mm. And so I know entertainment's going to be another topic entirely, but like within that, for me, there's a threshold where I'm like, I'm acknowledging that I want to be entertained, but there's a line for me where it becomes manipulation. And I'm like, nope, not okay with it being manipulation because I don't know who's creating this art or whatever it may be. Um, which, like, there's also an argument to be made that all art and entertainment is is meant to manipulate. But, like, there, that's its own c- conversation. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can touch there for a moment. As an entertainer myself, there are often times we are trying to do something subconsciously to our audiences. Unlike a commercial that I would consider more persuasion, when a commercial comes on, you know they're trying to sell you something. You know that. When a movie comes on, you may not know that we are trying to get you to think about something or subconsciously accept something or engage in something you otherwise wouldn't have. For example, I was an animal trainer and entertainer for a specific company. I won't say the name on a podcast just because, you know, whatever. But we did all these cute tricks and stuff with all these animals. And then in the middle of the show... We would stop and have a, and we adopted this dog from an animal shelter. And little Chrissy here was living in a car where nobody loved her. And when we took her in and we worked with her, she's become amazing. All of these animals are from a rescue shelter. The reason we did that was to manipulate the audience into A, feeling bad for these animals, and then B, deciding maybe instead of buying a dog, they should adopt one from an animal shelter. We were trying to get people to stop getting, you know, bred dogs because we're, we're against puppy mills. Half of our dogs came from puppy mills. But because people keep wanting these purebred dogs and think the dogs at the shelter are trash, we're not getting anything done. So it wasn't like we put that all over the poster outside that, hey, the point of this show is to help you evaluate how much shelter pets are amazing. No, we told you it's a cute animal jumping through a hoop show or whatever we had the dogs doing. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I think that is a form of manipulation in which, yes, I'm trying to get you to feel more compassion for shelter animals. 
That's why I was in that show. That's why I'm doing it. That is not what I put on the poster. So I do think there is, between an audience member and an entertainer, there is sort of a social contract there that, yeah, you're probably trying to get me to think about something, but I might be slipping in a whole lot of other messages I did not specify when you walked through the door. And movies do it, music does it, you know, you'll go to a concert and they'll have a new song that's, you know, very political or talks about important social issues. And, and it tugs at your heartstrings in a way where you're like, wow, I never thought about that before until, you know, famous guy McFamous Pants sang about it. And now, now I care, you know, or when you see a celebrity on TV say, hello, I am Mr. Celebrity. And I think you need to think about all of these beautiful tigers. Don't you want to save the tigers? You are being manipulated. <laughs> and it's because of something they care about. They care about these animals, or they care about whatever it is they're trying to persuade you to do. You know? Likewise, there's bad manipulation. And I, I do want to touch on this. I want to get into the, the scary darkness of this. Kind of like... Um, Oh, I feel like maybe there should be a disclaimer here. We are going to talk about manipulation in relationships that can get dark and may be triggering for people who have come from abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under the age of 13. Okay, now I can talk about the darker sides of manipulation. And I think what most people immediately associate with and have a very difficult time separating from. And since we were just on entertainment, I'll stay there a little bit. Right. A long time ago, not too long, I guess, back in like the 50s, there were a lot of cartoon characters who were able to smoke and drink from the Flintstones to, I think it's camel cigarettes, having a cartoon camel as a mascot. These yeah. things are targeting children and getting them into the idea that smoking is cool and smoking is socially acceptable, even though most tobacco companies knew that smoking wasn't very good for people. They were willing to put these images out there to convince people, no, this is fine, and it's beautiful, and you should love it. Manipulation, when it's emotional, is different than, like, grabbing someone's hand and forcing them to do something, or physical manipulation, where you're beating someone, or, you know other very physical things. Emotional abuse can be very subtle, and emotional manipulation is it's littered throughout. Um, trying to get specific examples, but it's kind of difficult because it's like, ah, blah, emotional manipulation. It's kind of like when you are in a relationship and your partner and you usually do grocery shopping together. And your partner's on the couch watching TV, and you're like, hey, can you come grocery shopping with me? And they're like, ugh, you always ask me to go out with you when I finally have a moment to relax. It's like you don't even care about me. And you're like, oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll just go by myself. It's a form of emotional manipulation to make you feel bad for asking for something that honestly wasn't that big a deal. They could have simply said, no, I don't really feel like going shopping with you this time. Is it okay if you go by yourself? But instead, they're going to manipulate you into feeling like it's your fault for even asking that question. And this is dangerous manipulation. I think a lot of us, we're not even aware of it happening to us, but it is. Would you like to talk here? 
Yeah, there's also an element to that of just like the explosive like reaction to something where it's just like, oh, like, hey, I asked for this thing and the response is you always do that. Where it's like this has this has been an issue and I've obviously talked to you about it before and I've obviously and it's like this is the first I've heard of it, friend. Like, um cool. But yeah, like the that kind of like and that's manipulating yes but it's also can get to the point where it is abusive when it's become a habit and it's become with where they're i mean and and abuse isn't necessarily the topic we're here to discuss but like abuse can also come from an unintentional or an intentional place and there is there is a lot of a lot to unpack there Mm -hmm. in the same way that manipulation can come where we're like oh yeah there's there is intentional, there's an intention there. Like there is an unintentional subconscious desire to get what you want out of other people. But then when it crosses a line into trying to control someone else, you get this kind of emotional control, you get this kind of physical control where it's becoming abusive. Yeah. And it's... Where it's resulting in harm. Yeah. It usually does result in harm. I, I can't think of a lot of times where a negative manipulation resulted in something good but it's like you said when you said about trying to get control over someone there is that power dynamic that struggle for control that you want other over another person which would drive you to manipulate them and like i said with greg wanting to manipulate me into feeling happier because you know he loves me as his teacher and thinks i'm totally baller there's usually with school children, but I guess anywhere, the desire to manipulate people just to make them feel bad. Like school bullies who pick on a kid and pick on a kid and pick on a kid until that kid ends up committing suicide. You say things to them like, you're garbage, you're trash, you should just kill yourself. You're not physically hitting the person or whatever, but you are using emotional manipulation. You know everybody wants a pat on the back. People say, no, I don't need praise, but the truth is, we need to hear we're doing a good job, that we're accepted and we're loved by our community, and we need to hear it frequently. If someone is either saying negative things to you or withholding that positive in- input from you, it can be an emotionally manipulative situation that results in very negative feelings about oneself to, yes, potentially wanting to kill oneself or take drastic measures to regain control because you feel like everyone's taken it from you or you feel like life has taken it from you. And, I mean, just like we have the power to manipulate a situation to work out for the best or the betterment of the emotional atmosphere, it so often and very quickly takes a turn for the worse because people just like the feeling of control. And hurting other people is so much easier, I think, than building someone up. To manipulate someone into trying a new restaurant is so much harder than manipulating a person into going to the restaurant you want by belittling them in your relationship. So to tell someone, oh, man, you you need to go out. You might actually love sushi. It could be the coolest thing you've ever tried. Versus coming up to someone and saying... You never treat me like an equal. You expect me to always eat where you want to go. I just ask for sushi this one time, and you can't go with me and get it? They're two very different approaches to manipulating for the same goal, but one is negative and one is positive. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm feeling very personally attacked right now about sushi, okay? I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> I was <laughs> just talking about this with the seven-year-old nephew of mine <laughs> yesterday. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, Did you ask him if he would like to try sushi, or were you just trying to get him to do something so you no, could benefit? No, just out of nowhere, he spontaneously said that raw fish was disgusting because he has, like, a, a, a toy, like, the toothless figurine from uh, How to Train Your Dragon, and according to him you know toothless as a dragon dragons eat raw fish they just eat fish and he goes raw fish is gross and I was like excuse me he goes some people like raw fish but I think it's gross and I was like okay but like have you ever eaten raw fish he goes no the only no I haven't and the only fish I like is tuna fish sandwiches and I was like okay but that's also the only fish you've ever tried he's like yeah I'm like okay but like I like raw fish and he goes but I don't I'm like you haven't tried it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you gotta work on your persuasion game, girl. That ain't gonna convince him. <laughs> He's like, it's all just gray. And I'm like, no, it's not. Salmon is, <laughs> is pink, and tuna is pink, and... <laughs> <laughs> and this one's pink, and that one's pink. This one's pink, and this one's Cod white, is kind of like this... a tan color when it's cooked. <laughs> I think they're like, all kind of a tan color fish can be... More cooked fish is gray than anything else. Yeah. Than well. raw fish. Anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, and there's nothing wrong, I should say. I feel like I need to put this caveat out there. There's nothing wrong with manipulating people to get something you want to. Um, I did have one circumstance, and this person may or may not listen to this podcast. Let's let's find out. Um, where they invited just, us to go, like I had a friend. He invited me and another friend to join him at Bush Gardens. I live in Florida, everybody. Deal with it. Um we went and I had specifically told him I have motion sickness so you guys can ride roller coasters I don't care I'll go look at animals during the time you guys are on rides because I can't ride amusement park rides they just make me sick and I don't feel like it well we got there and there's this one roller coaster and he's like oh it's really small you can do this one you know you're gonna be fine on this you know I don't want to ride these alone we all want to go on them and my other friends like she says she has motion sickness she doesn't have to go dude she can go look at the cheetahs and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna go look at cheetahs because i have motion sickness and i don't want to go he's like oh no man i mean i got you these tickets i want you guys to do this stuff with me and of course i'm like man someone got me tickets to come here i you know i should at least try to do rides it was manipulation and we get in this line we get to the front and Kristen, do you know what ride i'm sitting on no, I don't. It's the snake. Do you know what the cars do on that ride? Uh, no, I don't. They spin. I've never been to Bush Gardens. Oh, well. Look it up. They spin. They're spinning cars. So you're on a roller coaster that spins. The seats spin and stuff. And I'm like, I know this MFR did not just invite me on no roller coaster with spinning seats. And now I'm at the front <laughs> of the line. I can't back out now. I can't just leave. I took up space and I don't know where to go to get out. And I'm like, I hate this person. <laughs> I rode this roller coaster. Now I could have left. It's my own fault. I should have left. But when we got off, obviously I'm sick. I don't feel very good. And I'm like, listen, team, I got to go sit. I have to lay down on the ground and put my feet up in a chair to get the blood and stuff to balance out. I don't know. And I have to sit like that for like 15 minutes until the world stops spinning. Otherwise, I'm going to vomit. 
and that jerk kind of just moved on to another ride and my other friend just sat with me and was like I'll sit with you because it's so embarrassing I'm sure to have to lay on the ground at a theme park with your feet up in a chair I was like, thank you for sitting with me, because now I just feel like I'm a weirdo talking to my friend and not like a weirdo who's lonely and sad. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm sure that friend, whatever, he wasn't really thinking how that could make someone feel when you have motion sickness at an amusement park. You feel horrible because, yeah, everyone's like, you won't get on rides. You don't do anything. You're boring. So you feel bad to that regard. And then when you finally do work up the muster to get on a ride... You could have picked something that wasn't going to make me sick, dude. I mean, there's there's the carousel we could have went on, or like the water log flume ride. I can do those. Why didn't you say, let's go do that stuff? No, you want to get me on a roller coaster? It wasn't even a kid's coaster. <laughs> Once I got in there and I could actually see it, I'm like, this ain't no kid's coaster. You said this was like a kid's coaster. And maybe his definition of a kid's coaster is different than mine, but let me tell you, Kristen, that was no kid coaster. Sorry. So within that... Like, what what role do the expectations play um, in that interpersonal relationship to where the expectation you have of where manipulation will fall? Like, hey, I'm going to buy you the ticket so you come with us is, is a positive form of manipulation, you said. But, hey, you should go on this ride. It's not going to be that bad, being a blatant lie. Um, and a disregard for your feelings and being perceived as a manipulation of you to get you to do something that you would then, once you got in line, feel bad backing out of because you've committed this much time and, and space to it. And so you then have to deal with the results of that. You expect of your friend that they would if they're going to manipulate you, do it to your benefit. Like there's amount of trust there, right? That where you're like, oh, I trust that if you're going to try to convince me to do this thing, that it's actually not going to be that bad. That it might actually be a positive experience. Yeah. Well, I trusted him when he said this was a kid's coaster that wasn't that bad. Like I said, the whole time, I I really believed that's what this was going to be. And then when I got to the front of this line... Because the line goes through the inside of a building. I couldn't see it until I was there. And, it, you know, when you're sitting in the seats and they, they lock you in and then they hit the thing and the seats all move is when I found out this thing moves. And I'm like, I'm kind of strapped into this thing now. I'm really stuck. Jerk move. And even if he had considered that to be a good experience for me, the fact that afterward when he realized I was sick, he didn't feel like he needed to sit down for those 15 minutes with me until I felt better oh, yeah. was more or less what I was upset about. And, it, and it's in that moment when you realize that that's the kind of friendship I made. Oops, didn't notice. You know. And like I said, manipulation happens in all relationships. They just do. You know, sometimes my sister manipulates me into doing the dishes. That's not a bad thing. It's for her benefit. I don't want bugs in my apartment. I'm I'm grateful when she figures out a way that encourages me to get more chores done, even if I don't like doing them. You know, even if it is with something like, hey, we'll play Minecraft afterward. You know, <laughs> it's fun. I like it. And it's, sometimes it's easier to hear that than someone sit down. Here are the reasons why you should do the dishes. You know? Thank you, but uh, just manipulate me. It's easier. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and like the point of this is expressing like that manipulation 
can happen, but there is like a perception that happens with manipulation where you're you're perceiving mm. that you're being manipulated. You know, this this friend bought you a ticket to go to Bush Bar- Gardens, and at the end of this interaction, you perceive that action of purchasing the ticket as manipulation. But, like, that person probably didn't have the emotional intelligence to understand that that's what they were doing. That they yeah, were that they, they were trying don't. to meet their own needs and their own desire. Like, that they wanted something out of this experience at the theme park that they weren't going to get without making other people join them by, by buying tickets for them. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It is my perception of what he was doing that makes me feel like he was manipulating me completely in that situation. It is possible that he didn't intend harm, like I said, to come to me at all. But that's where the indirect and subconscious manipulation is happening. Whether he acknowledges or not, he's being manipulative. And I think, as of his friend, I need to be the one who says, hey, look, we had a breakdown in communication right there, and I felt taken advantage of. And then after I bring that to his attention, if there's still an issue, that's when I should have been like, hey, dude, we're not hanging out anymore. That's not how it played out, though. I just don't hang out with him alone ever anymore. There's always got to be someone else because I just can't. I'm not. I am not a very confrontational person. So when I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, I avoid those people. That's just me. But yeah, I acknowledge there's a breakdown in communication. I should have went back and spoke with that person to better clarify what was going on. And maybe not in a moment where I have motion sickness because I can't even begin to articulate what's going on. I just want to lay down on the ground and put my feet up. That's all I want to do. And I still felt bad because, hey, I've still got this whole day at Bush Gardens. I, I can't tell this person off right here, right now. Hey, you didn't take care of me. You didn't respect my, my physical needs. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to somebody who just paid for me to go to an amusement park. <laughs> like, yeah. That, but That's I fair mean, enough. Yeah, so there's... But there's also, you know, like an amount of a uh, artificially created power dynamic there because this person did provide the opportunity for you to be there. And And so, like, because of the fact that they were the opportunity creator, they get to have a say in how you express your feelings or, or don't. You know, like whether or not it's it's their intention, it happens because there is now an uneven power balance there. Yeah. And that is where this can form into an abusive relationship if that act that kind of action of creating opportunity, abusing opportunity, and then like the relationship continues on this same path can develop into an abusive cycle where you are constantly being put in a position uh you know and you're you're the kind of person who would either address it with someone you wanted to maintain a relationship with or just not hang out with that person alone again like you said and but there are people who put themselves into a situation where they fall into that cycle with someone and it does become abusive Mm. and at at some point there is an acknowledgement like that we may or may not have made here that the, the abuser, the manipulator, may not have ever intended that, that action to be manipulation or to be abuse, but was just trying to meet their own needs. 
mm. emotionally to get someone to be with them. And it resulted in this cycle that is now causing harm to other people. So, like, yeah, we've talked about positive m- manipulation and how it can be used as a tool to help someone grow. There's negative manipulation that's unintentional that happens all the time in relationships, which can eventually filter into this cycle of abuse that while people look at abusers and they're like, you're a monster and a manipulative abuser and and you are all of the bad things that exist in humankind, this person is just trying to meet their own emotional needs without an understanding and a maturity needed in the emotions to have a relationship that doesn't have this manipulation as a base. Mm. And I think that's understanding separating the actions of a person from the person themselves. To say that a manipulator, we tend to think they're bad people. They're people who go out, find your weak points, exploit them, figure out how to get you to agree to whatever they want for whatever reasons they want. It's hard to look at someone who's a manipulator and be like, hey, is there merit to who you are in all of this? And am I just missing the subtext of what you're really trying to say and do? You know, like back with my example with my friend, like I said, this person doesn't have a plethora of people to hang out with. And the fact that they felt that they needed to pay my ticket to go somewhere to get me to hang out with them at all probably says something about our friendship in general, which could make me into a bad person. Granted, I'm cool with just hanging out and watching TV and walking the lake. It's one of those things where I would much rather our friendship had this open communication where this individual felt like they could say, hey, can we just spend time together because I want to be with cool people doing cool things. And be like, hey, I'm somebody who doesn't like to spend a lot of money, and I have motion sickness. Maybe, maybe you need to make friends somewhere else. I often wonder for people who result to manipulation more often than not, if they grew up in an environment where they were often manipulated, and that's why it seems to be their go-to, and potentially their only tool for getting other people to come along with them, to agree with them, or live with them. Like you said, with the power struggle, if you have a parent-child relationship where the parent is manipulative toward the child, well, the child can only get their food, money, and all the things they need to live from that one source. And that parent could make that kid do anything they wanted. I mean, that kid's just going to grow up to learn the only way I'm ever going to get what I want is to play that parent's game. And so they go out into the world and they're like, hey, friends. I want to manipulate you to get what I need out of life because what else is there to do? Even within that, there's just ignoring emotional needs from a parent to a child where a child's emotional needs are ignored and a child is not taught how to acknowledge their own emotions and and taught any kind of emotional intelligence. Whoa, whoa. Are you saying that there are Americans out there who do not know how to... I can't even finish that with a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) Are you saying there's people out there who don't know how to process their emotions? (laughs) I'm saying, yes, that there are are parent-child relationships that result in adults 
becoming people who don't know how to acknowledge their own emotional needs because their emotional needs were ignored or belittled by an adult, by a parent. And Mm. so that kind of, you know, not even just teaching a kid that the only way to get what they want is through manipulation, but also telling them like, oh, your needs and your feelings don't matter or exist yeah. teaches someone to ignore those kind and, and never develop an emotional intelligence or an understanding of what it is that they're feeling and how to meet their needs and what their emotions are driving them towards. Yeah. I feel like I have to say as well that just because there is negative manipulation in your past doesn't mean you're going to grow up to be a bad manipulator. Likewise, just because there is negative manipulation in your past doesn't mean that you can't grow up and be a nice person who only manipulates for the benefit of other people. Yeah. (laughs) I corrected myself there. There you go. Well, it looks like I am out of tea. Uh Uh-oh. And I only had a $5 bill in my wallet, so... So I have to buy you another cup of tea? Yes. So that you'll stay here and be my friend and keep interacting with me? Oh, now you're making me feel pressured. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, my dear friend, I'm going to tell you I have to go and that I look forward to meeting up with you again in, let's say, two weeks. Sounds, Sounds good. I guess we could do that. And our dear listeners, if you care to join us again on that wonderful Tuesday in two weeks. We have a great way for you to get into contact with us. Kristen, would you like to tell them our email address? Uh, you can email us at thecafediscourse at gmail.com. And that is where you can share with us your thoughts on why we're wrong about our definitions of manipulation or your thoughts on what we could talk about in the future when we're talking about social agreements to be entertained or abuse or doing the dishes um things like that Uh, we would love to hear your ideas for future topics for us to discuss and your thoughts on our uh discussion today at the cafe discourse at gmail.com thank you so much dear listeners for joining us today thanks bye everyone bye